podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Sports Tours International. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. All right, let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Inside Tri Show, the weekly triathlon podcast with me, Helen Murray, sponsored by Sports Tours International and Orion Connect. I hope you are okay. I'm currently absolutely freezing. I mean, it is, what, the end of April, nearly the beginning of May. And as I record this, I am standing in jeans, Ugg boots and a down jacket. I don't know if that tells you more about my circulation or our house, but it's currently 14 degrees outside. And honestly, my fingers were utterly white before. Anyway, this week, keep listening because I have got an interview with, I think she's a wonderful woman who says she was never picked first for PE. She refers to open water swimming as the vodka shot of exercise. And she'd struggled with panic attacks at the idea of even running in public. So if I go for a run, it's on the treadmill in the garage or it's on the back paths of the park late at night. Well, you know, into the evening or when the quieter paths, those kind of things, because I'm too embarrassed to be seen running as a short, curvy girl with boobs that'll give you two black eyes if you're not careful. I am too embarrassed to be seen. I don't run like a gazelle. I run like a potato. Yep. Reverend Kate Botley is on the show. We're also back in Spain with David McNamee. He is now on week seven of lockdown. And I'm on the balcony and all I see is like my downstairs neighbour like sort of like peering up. Like what the hell's going on? And then you feel embarrassed. I'm here, my heart rate's like 180. I'm sweating like an animal. I'm in agony and I know I feel embarrassed. So how have you been doing? I mean, like, really, how have you been doing? I find that some days are are really good and you can find the positives in things. And then other days, you just feel a little bit meh, don't you? And then maybe you scroll through social media and you see something really sad and you think, no, this is why we are all doing what we're doing. We're staying at home etc etc to help and protect everyone else but when Thai takeaway is like the highlight of the week then I think you can safely say that cabin fever has hit but I know that loads of people have been raising money for worthy causes over the past week or two so congratulations first of all to BBC breakfast presenter Louise Minchin for getting seemed like everyone didn't it on their bikes to take part in the big bike in on last Thursday, if you are listening to this, I joined in for two hours and I think I said that if my senses turned up, I was going to give it a go on Zwift. Well, my senses did turn up that afternoon, but then I didn't give myself quite enough time to get set up. So, yeah, I was on the turbo just normally, but over Zoom with some of my tri club mates. So that was quite good fun. We had some tunes going and we were messaging each other on WhatsApp as we were going. And I think that is one thing that I'll definitely take out of this. It's cycle sessions over Zoom. Coaching, I, I coach my tri club session. So Nutsford tri club, I take the bike session once a week and it's actually really 
tricky to do it over Zoom. So if you're a teacher and you're teaching over Zoom, oh, I am full of respect for you. And I know that two young triathletes, Dan Dixon and Jack Stantonstock, have got their own fundraiser coming up to help the NHS as well. So on May the 14th, the pair are going to celebrate... <laughs> I don't know if it's really going to be celebrating, but it'll be quite an epic achievement, won't it? So celebrate their 18th birthdays by spending 18 hours on Zwift. So it's 18 hours for 18 years to help raise money for the NHS. So Dan is or was Super League Youth Champion uh, 2018 in Jersey and then 2019 in Malta. And Jack was third in the youth race in Jersey in 2018 and has got top two, two top 10 finishes in 2019 as well. And both of them are members of the England Next Generation Tri Squad. So good luck, Dan, and good luck, Jack, and happy birthday to you. Enjoy those 18 hours on Swift. Now, I'm sure it would be really incredible thing to do and then this past weekend as well loads of people in the UK have been doing their own 2.6 challenge to raise money for charity really it was following the cancellation of the London Marathon triathlete and oncologist Lucy Gossage I reckon she's pretty much got the whole of the triathlon community planking to raise money for move charity and 5k your way Lucy honestly top effort my friend so 26 by one minute of planking and I saw she got so many people involved doing it which is just brilliant and if you want to know why on earth it matters so much for Move Charity and 5k your way then go and check out my twitter feed at Inside Tri Show and you're going to see a short video put together by Craig Oliver from Boston Tri Club. Craig did the challenge, but it wasn't just Craig. Craig's wife, Nicola, was also in the video doing a whole load of planking. Now, if I tell you that Nicola is currently on chemo, and I've actually been supporting her through MOVE, so why does this all matter? Well, three months ago, she wouldn't have been able to do one full plank for 10 seconds, let alone 26 of them. So it's just such an amazing program that gives young people affected by cancer. It builds up their confidence, it builds up their fitness, it builds up their strength. And 5K Your Way is just the most remarkable and special community that supports people affected by cancer. So that is why we are so passionate about what we do and about raising money for MOVE and for 5k your way as well so yes thank you if you have been planking and if you are Lucy Gossage you know she makes it look easy doesn't she but anyone who's done it hats off now I know that show sponsors Sports Tours International the staff there have also got involved and they've actually put together their own 2.6 minute video of everyone doing exercise over Zoom so head over to the show notes, helenmurray.net forward slash inside try show forward slash Kate Botley and just follow the link through to Sports Tours International. And while you are there, just sign up to my newsletter. I might be sharing another recipe very, very soon. Thank you very much to my patrons who support the show with a monthly donation. 
And in particular this week, thank you very much, Thomas Eastington, for signing up to be a Vino buddy. If you want to support me as well, then just head over to patreon.com forward slash inside try show. And it just helps me to provide this for you and yeah, do a podcast every single week. Right, let's get the latest update from David McNamee, the British professional triathlete who's finished twice on the podium at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and lives in Girona with his girlfriend, where they are now nearly two months into lockdown. David, how's it going? Week seven. Uh, Yeah, week seven. God, still here. Uh, Yay! It's been, yeah, just a very standard week of isolation to be honest a lot of cycling on the turbo a lot of gym work some random running on the balcony yeah it's been yeah it's been a good week but also just a tough week at times you've you've added up a few stats haven't you so hit us with the with the incredible lockdown stats from David McNamee and Gerona. Oh, what? I think... Oh, God, I figured that out yesterday. I think I've did something like 2,600 kilometres in Zwift so far. And then I've did, like, a few other sort of bike sessions that haven't been on it. So I would say I've probably did, like, 3,500 kilometres of indoor riding over the last six weeks. That's insane. Uh, just to keep my head sort of focus more than anything how many hours do you reckon that is uh i've been doing like 15 16 hours a week on the bike just indoors okay uh, i did one week of like 21 hours but that was just like maybe a bit ah oh, maybe a bit too much i was just sort of yeah every day the legs were just heavy and tired uh yeah then been doing a lot of gym work i did my first ever sort of time trial race in my life this week how was that that was i always knew time trial would be painful but i feel like in zwift and like on a trainer is even worse because they just never i I would just train somehow there'd be like a slight downhill where i could just ease off a little bit but like that just doesn't happen when you're in the trainer uh so no i was i was like 17.7 kilometers long yep and in my head, I could that would be like a perfect 20 minutes. Unfortunately, it was like 22 and a half minutes. No. And literally, I got to like, I got to like 15 minutes and started blowing up a little bit. But I held it to like 20 minutes. And then it was just like the last two and a half minutes was just like utter failure. Oh, did, so did, did you go bang at 20, at 20 minutes? Oh, I went like at 20 minutes, like literally... I think it was like in my head I'd told myself it was it was twenty minutes. And I hadn't really like focused on how many kilometers had passed, really. In my head I was just like so like fixed on I I don't know why I'd convinced myself it would take twenty minutes. And I think like physically I got to twenty minutes of broken, but when I saw that there was like one point eight kilometers left. That's the worst. That that just like mentally broke me too. So that last one point eight kilometers had your, I mean, was it just oh that that feeling in your legs, whereby they they just feel like jelly, they just feel really heavy. It's like you feel like you're going backwards, even though you are still trying. You're not going anywhere. Oh, I was, yeah. It's just that sort of 
that begging for like some vest bite to come along, but knowing it's just not going to happen because you're on a turbo. And at one point, like I, I let like this angry shouts, like this sort of like half scream out of like frustration and pain. And I'm on the balcony, and all I see is like my downstairs neighbour, like sort of like peering up, like what the hell's going on? And then you feel embarrassed, you're like, oh shit, I'm here, my heart rate's like 180. I'm sweating like an animal. I'm in agony, and I know I feel embarrassed. <laughs> and then it's like, oh god! And then thankfully it ended, and yeah, I went inside and sat down for a while. Did you have that taste of um, blood in your mouth? Like, had it been that awful? Yeah, literally. I think because I obviously I've now I've not really pushed myself that hard for a long time. Yeah, I was just. It was a long, long sort of, well, 22 minutes. And it was, like, it was nice to sort of push myself into that zone again. But I, I yeah, I must be outdoors now. Yeah. Would, would the last time that you would have pushed that hard, would it have been back in ITU racing? I've did, so in the past I've did, like, some testing in the last couple of years on the bike so for example i did sort of like a bike test uh last november time when i went to ireland to see my coaches we did a bike test which was similarly as difficult and then every so often i would do like a test here like say one of the the, my old go-to sort of test sets would be like two by four minutes, absolutely max out with five minutes recovery. And then 10 minutes where I try and hold 95% of that four minute effort. Whoa. And that sort of, especially on the 10 minutes, that sort of brings you to like the same sort of limit where you're so determined to try and hold the numbers. You're very motivated to do it, but there's also like that inner battle between your head and your legs of no no let's just ease off a little bit yeah and your head just trying to say no no like we keep going and how did it compare on swift whereby you're in a very very virtual world and you have your avatar and things like that compared to when you are in the lab or when you're doing the test that you've just described how how did that differ uh I see the two big differences is whenever I do testing outside, there's always like surges in the power. Yep. And you can always try and like almost like if you surge hard for 10 seconds and just like bring the power up a little bit, you can always find yourself a few seconds where you can just sort of ease a little bit. But on the turbo, you don't get it. Another thing was just the heat. Like I, I was on the balcony, it was in the morning, it wasn't that hot. But just when you're pushing yourself to the limits, how quickly the heat builds up when there's no wind was incredible. So is that is that something that you would have normally done outside? Uh, yeah, so usually wow. sort of... Yeah, it's the first time I think I've ever really went max out on a turbo for that length of time. Like maybe, yeah, to be honest, yeah. Usually I try and do like all my testing outside. But yeah, I was just sort of like, just incredible how hot I got, how quickly, and then yeah, it's just sort of, 
yeah, it's just another stress in the body. Yeah, and do you think when in the future, when 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 all of this has passed, do you think you would actually now, having done it, do a bit of do a little bit more testing on the turbo, or would you stick to outside because that's more realistic for like race environment? I think I think this experience has taught me that actually, if you have the right motivation for example like being part of like this time trial race that was going on which had like a thousand other people in it there's a lot of benefit to using the turbo and i think going forward i'll probably use it a lot more because like up until this sort of episode my mindset was always the turbo is when the weather is really bad and living in spain the weather doesn't get that bad so maybe i'd use it like three or four times a year Whereas now, sort of, I see the benefits of it more. I think there's some things that you can work on a lot better on the turbo than you can do out in the road, for example. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's that is interesting actually to hear how over the past seven weeks that your it sounds very strange having a relationship with the turbo, but your relationship with the turbo yeah. has completely changed. Oh, no, very much so, and I don't know whether it's because I know there's no other option right now, but I used to find anything that went past turbos in the turbo absolutely mind-numbingly boring, whereas now, yeah, I don't feel like that's how I'll sort of happily sit on it for three hours, but I don't know whether that's just because there is no alternative right now. Yeah, and when you can get outside... You'd be like, no, I'm never going on that awful thing again. I've just spent the past eight weeks on it. And is there a prospect that you might soon be able to exercise in the fresh air? Is this happening? Well, the whole of Spain sort of, well, especially the sporting side of Spain is very much holding their breath right now. Uh, the Prime Minister did an interview on Saturday and he literally finished it by saying that the following Saturday we might be allowed to go out and do solidarity solitary solidarity no say solid solidarity uh, solid solidarity <laughs> see this is me making my languages here that means you're exercise getting better exercise by myself you might be able to go out and do solo <laughs> exercise we'll use that word but then he was like we'll find out the rules on Tuesday and that was it so now everybody's just like we're praying sort of that tomorrow night's going to come and it's not just been like this sort of like sad joke that he's playing on all of us oh, that'd be really rubbish that's <laughs> a bad joke for a uh, for a prime minister to play and would you oh, i can't even like have you got a favorite running route that you're just kind of chomping at the bit to go and do is, is that the first thing that you would do or would you go for a walk with your girlfriend well this is it like because like Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. This is the crazy thing. We don't know any of the rules. We assume there will be rules. We don't know what will be possible and not possible. It's sort of like... I don't know. It's sort of like Christmas might be coming, but it could also be cancelled, so you don't want to think about it. And until this confirmation that Christmas will actually happen, nobody really wants to think about it right now. This is the crazy thing. That's a very good way of putting it. What was it like at the weekend? Because children were allowed out for the first time in six weeks, right? 
Yeah, and that was... So they were allowed out for the first time yesterday, and unfortunately, sort of, it didn't go the way the Spanish government thought it would, and that uh, apparently children don't understand social distancing. Uh, and, yeah, there was rules, like, it was supposed to be just for one hour that you went out and you were to keep away from other families. But you have to realise children have been locked up for six weeks and, of course, as soon as they go outside, they went a little bit crazy. Could you hear... Was it really strange actually hearing children? Well, I was strange in that. Like, so, yes, I, I went to the supermarket just to get some water and it was very strange actually to be on seeing children. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. The shoot wasn't busy, but there was a lot more people than normal. Well, what the new normal is. And it was just strange seeing, like, children, like, sort of playing. It was just sort of one of those sort of surreal experiences in that, yeah, it's been six weeks that, yeah, literally all these children have been locked up inside for just crazy i just it's so hard to so so hard to imagine really really difficult how is the um limoncello going david well it's in a bottle oh fill us in well no no, i've not tried it yet we have to wait for another five days so it's in like a big five liter jar that my girlfriend got so it's got another week left of basically the alcohol and the lemon peels that was a waste of a lot of lemons one night. <laughs> Literally got like 25 lemons just to cut the skin off and then threw the rest of the lemon out. Oh no. Because uh, what do you do with 25 lemons? This is the thing. Could you have made lemonade? This is what my girlfriend suggested after I'd thrown them in the bin. Oh no, you could have made um, yeah traditional sort of lemonade with a lot of sugar and water. Yeah. So, well, this is the thing with limoncello. This is basically the next process is that you just mix it with a lot of sugar and water. So it's just like adult lemonade. It's true. So you could you could have made you could have made a kids version and an adult version. Yeah. So I think hopefully by next week we'll have something ready to drink. Uh, yeah, but my girlfriend's mainly in charge, which again sort of surprises me, considering she doesn't really drink alcohol. I can't wait to hear what this actually tastes like. I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not holding out too much hope, to be honest. I just, I can't see it. But you had fun making it. Yeah, and it was nice, you know, we're at the point where just doing something different in the evening is just sort of like really nice because, yeah, there's only so much Netflix you can watch, to be honest. Oh, yeah, we're we're on Tiger King at the moment. Oh, we've watched... What will we be watching? Out of Banks, it's called. Okay. It's good, yeah. I think it was just released a couple of weeks ago, but no, it's actually really, yeah, it's good. We sort of try and alternate between like an English one and a Spanish one. So we're back to sort of English, which, yeah, I sort of prefer because I can just switch off and let the brain recover. And don't have to concentrate. Yeah, this is the thing. And with the Spanish, I have to have the subtitles on. Yeah, and then you have to read it rather than watch it. Yeah, this is it, and like with at least with English, I can sort of like watch it, sort of well, sort of fall asleep in the evening. Yeah, you can mong out and actually relax. And then skipping, how what what update do we have on the skipping front, David? 
Well, I keep on getting better. Like, I can yes. just get faster and faster. I'm quite impressed. I saw your video, and I can safely say I'm a lot better than you are now. <laughs> Thanks. And... <laughs> Yeah, I'm impressed. I think my sort of downstairs neighbours are impressed. They like to watch me skip. Uh, yeah, it's getting hot here now, so I skip along the balcony in like 25 degrees and have a few beers whilst I'm doing it. So Perfect way to exercise. It's basically, that's generally how I spend most of my afternoons, to be honest. I cycle in the morning and then do some skipping and drink the odd beer in the afternoon. It's strange. I think skipping is strangely addictive because it is something that um, you can make improvements in, and it goes probably back to anything like triathlon or swimming or whatever. When you first start, you can improve, and you get that endorphin rush of actually getting better at it. Oh, this is it. Like it's like anything sort of that you take up again, or you take up from scratch. Is it? Initially, you improve very quickly. Yep. So I think I'm at the stage where, like, now it's sort of, I'm going to have to seriously commit more time if I want to sort of take it to the next level. But I really hope that come Saturday, I can sort of leave skipping behind, to be honest. Well, before Saturday, can would you put up a video or two of you skipping? I want to see how good you are. I'll try. I will try and get, rope the girlfriend into doing it. Yes. Thank you so much. Right, I can't wait to catch up next week and find out if Christmas has happened. I was going to say, I might not be able to call it isolation this time next week if I can actually go outside. I know. It's going to be exciting. This oh. I was, I've literally not been further than 200 metres from my front door in like six weeks. So yeah, we'll see what happens. We talked a little bit about skipping there and I have put another skipping video for you in the show notes if you want to check that out. Now, before we get to this week's interview with Reverend Kate Botley, show sponsors Orion Connect have added 50% extra capacity to be able to offer patients more choice and deal with demand steadily. So both of their physio partners, Stephen Holloway and David Wynne, are offering video consultations with virtual guidance and exercises. The appointments are quick and more affordable when booked through Orion Connect. So just get in touch with Orion at orion.co.uk forward slash connect and they will help you if you are struggling with injury or struggling with pain and finding it hard at the moment to see anybody about it. Time for this week's interview. If you've ever been at war with your body, if you've ever been afraid of taking on a challenge because you're scared of what others might think, if you were picked last in PE when you were at school, if you've got to grips or you're getting to grips or you've never actually got to grips with open water swimming or running or cycling or if you just want a bit of a feel-good giggle, then the Inside Try Show with a BBC radio presenter and former Gogglebox star Reverend Kate Botley is for you. Kate Botley, how are you? I'm, I'm well, I'm good, you know, um, up and down like everybody, but more ups than downs. I wanted to speak to you on the podcast because uh, a few things. Firstly, your love of open water swimming and also the fact that you did recently do the three triathlons in three days for Fort Relief. <laughs> that seems a long time ago. It's mad, isn't it? You know, I got on the treadmill. We've got a treadmill in the in one in the garage in one of the back rooms up over there. And um I got on I got on the treadmill, I thought I'll go for a little run. 
I don't, how on earth did I do those tri- uh, those triathlons? I have no idea because I was 20 minutes on that treadmill. I thought, oh, I've had enough of this. This is rubbish. Um, yeah, so no idea I did it. it well, let's start with the triathlon then. Oh. How did you do it? Why, why did you do it? Um, so the end of last year, I could feel something was about to happen. I, I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous. Now, obviously, as a person of faith, I would call that, you know, God sort of poking me. But for other people... You know, just that sense of a, that sense that something was coming, something was about to happen. Um, and I kept saying to my husband, I don't know what's go- I don't know what's going to happen, but I've got this feeling that something's going to kick off. So towards the end of January, I got a phone call from Joe Wiley, and uh, I'm still at that stage in my sort of television and radio life where I'm totally overwhelmed by celebrity. Still, like I still get completely sort of you know show business kind of overwhelmedness and fangirly at them and my phone rang and the number came up and it said Joe Wiley and I thought oh Joe Wiley's phoning me what she want kind of thing so I answered the stupidly answered the phone to her and what she wanted was three triathlons in three days um but it felt I, I didn't even think about it for a second it felt like absolutely the right thing to do um I'm not a girl who's picked first at PE by any stretch of the imagination. I am, you know, I'm not fast. I'm not particularly fit. I I love sport. I love exercise. I love dancing. But I'm never going to win a race. That's never going to happen for me. Um, so I was enthusiastic at PE at school. My PE teacher loved me, but I never won anything. Um, so I decided that I wanted to feel strong and I wanted to feel fit and I wanted to feel all those things and I wanted to do it in the body that I'm in rather than making excuses of, oh, well, perhaps I'll do, I don't know, a half marathon when I've lost two stone or perhaps I'll do it when, you know, when I when I feel skinnier or I look better in lycra or because always the narrative for me about exercise has been to do with losing weight. And actually, I'm 45 years old. I'm 45 years old. I'm really bored of that now. I'm really bored of being at war with this body. It the, my backside is the size it is um, and it ain't going to get, you know, it ain't going to get that smaller overnight. So let's work with what we've got and not what we haven't really so I said yes um and we had eight weeks training for three triathlons and when you did say yes <laughs> that's ridiculous isn't it <laughs> when, when you did say yes were you really scared really excited but really scared at the same time just and the thing I was most scared about was looking silly you know I am an e- I work in tv I'm an egotistical maniac it's what we do we show off for a living you know I've just monetized my the worst bit of my personality that's all that's happened for me so I was scared of looking stupid and I've never run in public in front of anyone. So if I go for a run, it's on the treadmill in the garage or it's on the back paths of the park late at night, well, you know, into the evening or when the quieter paths, those kind of things, because I'm too embarrassed to be seen running as a short, curvy girl with boobs that'll give you two black eyes if you're not careful. I am too embarrassed to be seen. I don't run like a gazelle. I run like a potato, you know, so the thought of running in public with other people beside me who are proper runners was just mortifying embarrassing difficult awkward and of course the little monkey that sits on your shoulder says that everybody that drives past you or walks past you is going look at the state of her who does she think she is because you know 
when people have seen that's the that's the the girls that picked on me in PE and the bloke in his white van who once drove past me when I did try and run in public who shouted obscenities out of his window I can still hear their voices um, and those voices are like much louder than the voices that are going you can do this and you're great and you're doing amazing because we all know the negative weighs heavier than the positive so that's what I was scared of I was scared of how I might look so when you did the first one had you <laughs> ever that was the first time you had run in public then as well wasn't it yeah 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 pretty much I mean you know I tried before but just got too embarrassed and had people shout at me and stuff like that so I gave up running in public um I've danced in public and I've done aerobic classes and all that sort of stuff and swum publicly but something about running and everything bouncing <laughs> that particular way and not being built like a runner you know runners are tall and skinny um and I'm not um and so to do that was um well I, I remember the moment we were running through Cardiff on the triathlon we were doing the 10k and this is after so I'm tired I'm hungry I've just done the swim I've just done the bike ride and now I'm running and I'm running I ran into Cardiff and I remember it vividly because we came out of a park and there was a we suddenly hit traffic and there was a queue of traffic now bearing in mind what I just put my body through I just went I just went into panic and I started I saw these people sat in their cars in the queue of traffic that I was gonna have to run past and my breathing my breathing went I started crying because I just thought they're all they're all gonna look at me and look and think look at the state of the um, and I remember looking at Tracy, who was our trainer on the whole thing, who was just an absolute dream because, you know, she's she's Mrs. Fit, Mrs. Trathlete. And I just kept looking at her and going, don't you leave me. Don't you leave me. She went, I will not leave you. Even if I have to walk because your run is so slow, I will not leave you. And she didn't. She she did, you know, she, she kept at my pace. And I just burst into tears when I, I saw this queue of traffic and I thought, I can't do this. I can't silence that monkey that demon that's telling me that I look stupid and I look awful and people are judging me um and so I just I took <laughs> I what I do is um I tell myself I'm just getting in cold water whenever I start panicking and getting stressed and my breathing starts getting fast and my heart rate starts going up I just go Kate you're just getting in cold water because I know how to do that without panicking so I just slow my breathing down become really aware of my body tell myself I can do it um, and just feel the fear. Just feel that you're really that I'm really scared. Felt the panic. Felt the fear. Didn't say it doesn't matter. Said it didn't. You know, I, I was saying to myself, this does matter. This is a valid feeling and a valid emotion. But go with it anyway, because this too shall pass. So then, when you finished that 10k, surely the tears <laughs> just were like, woo. Um, yeah, it was it, it, it was pride as well because I mean I suppose the other thing that I was frightened of is I knew people would finish the run faster than me and I'm really competitive. I mean I cheat at Monopoly. <laughs> I, I will I will I will you know cheat against my own children and my own godchildren to win something. I'm horrible. I'm a horrible person. This is why I had to become a vicar because otherwise, you know, I'd be in prison because I'm that hideous. <laughs> Um, so it's to keep me on the straight and narrow, honestly, and, and having to run in last was really hard because I, I want to win things. I want to be first. I'm really competitive. So, um, yeah, I'm not allowed to play board games anymore in our house. Um, so, so, that, so learning that lesson, actually, as well, and accepting that I was going to be last on the run. 
I was just going to be last on the run, but I was going to be first in my own race, so that's okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a big moment to see people waiting for me at the finish line of that first run in Cardiff was was a big moment. But then quite quickly, the realization that you've got to do it all again tomorrow, and then all again the day after. <laughs> <laughs> that hit back. A burger. That was the other. That was the other emotion on the finish line. What the? Yeah, one... yeah, I just went. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. I've done 10k now. Give me food. Give me carbs. Give me meat. Give me. Give me as much as I can bang into my face. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Because his swimming bit at the start of the day, you would have loved that. The swimming was great. It was so much fun. Um, so the challenge of the swim was to wear a wetsuit. I don't wear, I'm not a wetsuit swimmer, I'm a skin swimmer. And wetsuit manufacturers seem to presume that if you're five foot tall, you're also a size eight, um, rather than you've got, you know, boobs and bum and that sort of stuff. So I had to have my wetsuit made to measure, which meant that I had to be measured, which was awful. Just That's hideous. Hideous. I had to stand there and be measured. Uh, now, fortunately, I, I I was allowed to get a friend to measure me. So I got my my swimming girls that I swim with. I swim with two other women who were absolutely brilliant, and they went, "Come on, let's get you measured." So we had a we had a little glass of something fizzy, and um, I stood there in, and I decided the only way I could get through the humiliation of being measured for a wetsuit was to wear my absolutely best saucy underwear so i had the full lot on right you know <laughs> high heels i had lit full makeup big earrings great bra lovely knickers a whole lot because i thought I, I this is the i'm about to be measured for the least sexy garment i will ever own so i you know i better seize the moment and make the best of it and i thought the only thing that's going to give me any confidence in this is if i wear, wear really good knickers while i have it done so we got measured for our i got measured for measured for my wetsuit um and the swims were the swims but but you see the thing was is that you know getting in the water in a wetsuit was pulling me back to so the very event that I'm the happiest in I was starting from not where I would normally start I was starting further back because putting me in a wetsuit is um you know sort of uh, taking away one of the things that I'm really happy because I've I just I'd never swum in a wetsuit and I felt like I was being sort of constricted um but it, yeah it was it was great I I love I just love cold water and I love swimming. Um, in fact, it's making me quite sad because obviously we're in lockdown at the moment and not being able to get into the water is... I, I've got friends who've like scrubbed out their recycling wheelie bins just to submerge themselves in ice cold water. Seriously? <laughs> oh yeah, because we're just... All of us are like desperate um, to get in the, in the cold. And last year, 2019, I did 365 outdoor swims in, a year, in the year. Um, the warmest of which was 22 and the coldest of which was minus two. Um, so, you know, we kind of swim skins in all in all temperatures, really. But, yeah, the swim was amazing. I'd never swum salt water either. So to swim, swim, swim in salt water was was an interesting experience. How did you, how did you find that compared to non-salt water? Uh, 
weirdy throaty burn um, and choppiness. Uh, you know, thank goodness I was a swimmer because I would have really panicked, I think. And Richie Anderson, who did the triathlons with me, um, he's not he's not a swimmer. And, you know, it's hard. It's mentally hard, that stuff. You know, staring at the bottom of a... Well, you just stare into the abyss, don't you? You know, you've got your head in the water and it's cold and you've got that sort of ice cream headache that comes in that brain freeze and it's scary stuff especially when you're trying to breathe and the water's slapping against your face you know you have to really hold your nerve i want to come back to open water swimming as well but let's let's yeah yeah we're definitely going to talk more about that what about the bike though because again am i right in saying (laughs) i can see okay people can't see this but kate currently has her hands over her eyes as the, the mere word of bike um, you had never been on a road bike, right? Ever, ever, and I'd never cycled on a. I'd never cycled a bike with gears. I'd never been on a road on a bike ever, um, and I'd never ridden a road bike. I don't. My last bike that I rode was a bike that we hired when I was eleven years old on holiday in France. Um, that was my last bike ride. Um, so I don't own a bike. Don't have a bike. Um, haven't been on a bike since I was a kid. I mean, I. I don't understand gears. I still don't understand gears. All we, all I kept doing was just like, like pressing the handly thing and hoping for the best. Um, uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, braking. Don't get that at all. So what I took to doing was cycling alongside one of the coaches and just going. I need to stop. And he would. I would just slow down as much as I could, and he would just grab me. And I would just try and stop as best as I could in queues of traffic and things. So it was. It was. Yeah. You know. I, I like to think I'm quite brave <laughs> or, or stupid. There's a fine line. <laughs> Had you done any on um, on an indoor bike or anything like that, Kate, at a, I don't know, at the, at the gym or? No, no, never done anything like that. Never been on a bike. Um, and if you watch, if you can see any of the footage, there are bits and bobs of footage online and stuff. You can just see that you look at the other cycling and they look like they look like they know what they're doing. And, and my knees are out. I'm all over the road. <laughs> I'm going uphill. I'm going, and I, but I just, you know, I kind of just thought, in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's have a go at this. What's, I mean, you know, come on. I think you get that sort of devil may care attitude when you hit your 40s you sort of think okay right now's the time to do i mean it's a class what a way to have a midlife crisis a ferrari and a fair would have been a lot less trouble (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) no cycling experience whatsoever have you been on back on a bike since would you go back on a bike since i um I grew fond of that little road bike, bless it. Um, I mean, it, it was a it was a thing. And we, we came to an understanding that, you know, a bit like that sort of relative that you have to get along with, but you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily call them a friend. Um, and you sort of tolerate one another. That poor bike put up with a lot, and I put up with a lot on that poor bike. Um, and why are the seats so painful? <laughs> why can't they make seats that actually don't hurt your bottom? I have no idea. You'd think they'd have come up with something like that, wouldn't you? But um, I, I might. If someone wanted to give me a bike, I'm certainly not going to buy one. I don't think. But um, I'll have a go. But you know, never say never. Who knows? You know, there was some beautiful moments of cycling, cycling along, and we saw some horses in a field, and the cows, and the fresh air, and the sunshine, and it gets you to places a lot quicker than running. So I like yeah. it for that. It, yeah there is something pretty um 
I don't know, pretty magical about cycling. Once you get over that fear and the discomfort and all those kind of things, then um, yeah, it's brilliant. It gets you there quicker. And I like that because I, you know, I was, the way I describe cold water swimming and open water swimming is it's the vodka shot of exercise. You know, bang, done. Woo, adrenaline hit. Yay. Like that. That's what swimming's like for me. Whereas cycling and running, it takes longer to get those endorphins going, I find. Whereas swimming, you get it within 30 seconds of getting in the water because it's just so cold and horrendous um, that you you feel invincible straight away. Whereas for running and cycling, it takes longer to feel that kind of Wonder Woman vibe in yourself yeah 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 so with with the swimming how did you first get into open water swimming so I've always gone in rivers and lakes and stuff in the summer you know like lots of people do you know you go for a paddle and that kind of thing um and then about uh, 18 months ago my co-host on radio 2 Jason Mohammed wanted to do something for children in need and suggested that we did a cold water swim suggested that we swam around Salford Keys around uh, near Media City where we do our show now he put this suggestion forward in August so when we went off air I said you do realize children in need is in November don't you and he went oh no I never thought um now I mentioned already that I'm competitive I and I don't like to look stupid so what I decided to do bearing in mind that Jason Mohammed is Mr Sport he's he's a he's a sports presenter that's what he does so he's sporty so I thought, well, I don't want to look stupid and I don't want to be last. So what I'll do is I'll go and find someone who knows about this cold water swimming thing and f- and ask them what I need to know. So off I toddled to a place um, in Doncaster that's run by a company called Swim Your Swim, where the bloke called Leon Fryer, who's one of the nicest men on the face of the planet, I went, I want to sw- I pointed at the lake and went, I want to swim in that and he went okay then let's get you in so he put me in a wetsuit i got in the water it lasted about 25 meters before i went i can't swim in this took that off and that was it and off i swam and i got as as any cold water open water swimmer that does it regularly will tell you it is instantly addictive be careful when you start cold water or open water swimming because it will get you and you will not be able to stop and you find yourself slowing down on drives, looking at looking at lakes and rivers and going, oh, does that look like somewhere I could get? We were watching, you know, 1917, that movie, yeah. the war movie thing. There's a scene in that where the guy is escaping bombs by, and he jumps into a river. And my husband leaned over to me in the cinema and went, stop it. And I went, what? And he went, you're thinking about what temperature that water is, aren't you? And I was I was, I was looking for the entry point. I was thinking, oh, we could we get a couple of lengths in that looks like a nice patch of water to swim in there's bombs coming down thinking hmm yeah, I, bet, I, bet it's, I bet it's not that cold I bet it's 8 degrees I bet it's lovely and warm it's terrible you think all the time I look and of course in lockdown I'm looking at puddles on the street and going ah oh. looking at our back garden and thinking could we dig a pond you know just so I can get in <laughs> did it so that first time how, how far did you go oh I only did 250 metres um, but of course the thing is about open water swimming I mean I've always swum in swimming pools but you stop at the end of every length right and even if you don't stop even if you do a tumble turn you know you you, the, you can see the bottom and you know you know your towel's being warmed on the hook at the side and you've got a locker and all that sort of stuff um, so it's not just the distance I find in open water swimming it's the idea that you have to keep going there is no opportunity for pausing. There is no opportunity to just get your breath for a minute. You just have to keep going. Um, and you, you are staring at you staring into an abyss. You're staring into the darkness as you're doing it. So the mental thing of getting over 
what's in the water with you, that you can't touch the bottom. Um, and one, we've got a little loop at our lake that's 250 metres and then a big loop that's a kilometre round. Um, and when you go on the big loop, you know, once you're on it, the only way you're getting back to that clubhouse is if you swim or sh- the shame of it, the rescue boat has to come and get you. There's no shame in it, by the way. Of course, there is. you need to be rescued, then be rescued. But there's only two ways you're making it back, right? So you just need to keep swimming. Um, and I think like all exercise, the biggest challenge of it is mental. So biggest have, you, have you had, have you ever had mental difficulties with it? Yes. Every time I swim, um, I get in the water and think, I can't do this. I can't do this. Especially if I'm doing a big loop. So especially if I'm trying to get a mile in or a kilometre in, a big distance in, I get in the water and go, what the heck do you, when you get to that first boy and you look back and you think, oh my word, what on earth do you think you're doing? Um And so you have to give yourself talking to, and that's what I do. I give myself a talking to. So I tell myself to slow my breathing down, to relax, to just check my heart rate, to stop panicking. And I just go, you can do this, Kate. You've completely got this. You've done this before. You can do it again. But that first time I swam the big loop at our lake, I will never forget it. I had three people swimming with me. I did heads up breaststroke the whole way around because I was so scared. Um, And I just did, I just concentrated on one boy after the next, just... And it reminds me, you know, not to be too religious, but it reminds me about one of my favourite sayings that we had at our wedding and we had at the kids' christenings um, from the Bible that says sufficient unto the day, which basically means take it one day at a time. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Worry about today. And that's what I do when I'm swimming. I just try to worry about the little bit that I've got to worry about now rather than worrying about the big thing. Because if I worry about the big thing, it's just, that's ridiculous. If I think about doing three triathlons in three days, what a ridiculous <laughs> But if I think about running to that lamppost or cycling to the top of that hill or swimming to that boy or just getting through today, um, that's I can do that. It's breaking it down, isn't it? Yeah, it's breaking it down. And it's also looking to the left of you and looking to the right of you and knowing that we, know, we don't do any of this stuff alone. You know, even if you're doing it with other competitors, you know, those competitors are other brilliant human beings who are rising to the challenge as much as you are. So, you know, I've got my swim family. And when we swim to that first boy, you you stop, you have a little look round and you go, all right. Or you put a thumb up, you know, when you're doing a front crawl, there's a safety boat next to you and you go, hey, you all right? You just sort of put your thumb up as it comes over your head so they can see that you're fine you know and you know that they're counting your strokes you know that they're keeping an eye on you you know and we that's the two things don't worry about tomorrow just do it one bite at a time one lamppost at a time and know that there are people either side of you who want you to succeed who want you to do well and even if you don't even if you don't succeed in the way that you thought you might you know every every step every stroke every push of that pedal is a is another chip away at all that negativity I love it. So how has the open water swimming, how has it changed you mentally, Kate, and physically as well? It's changed me immeasurably. Um, I'm evangelical about two things, Jesus and open water swimming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's changed me immeasurably. So I haven't swum now for three and a half weeks and I can feel that the... um, that I need to get in the water because I can feel a tightness in my chest. I can feel a slight panic in my in my throat, and I'm having to really hold on to those swim memories. So I'm I'm looking at lots of my photos, lots of my diary entries of my swimming. Um, it's helped me because what's I, it's a bit like a muscle. 
So when I get into cold water, what happens is my heart rate starts to go, my breathing starts to go fast, and everything within me is telling me that this is a stupid idea and I need to get out of here. It's that fight or flight thing. And so what I do is, I, I and I do it out loud, actually. I say, no, no, quiet down now. You've got this. Just breathe. In and out. Just breathe. 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 Because you know what it's like when you get in cold water. You've, you're... <gasps> and the last thing you want to do is breathe because you just want to scream because it's so So I remember to breathe and just slow me down. And I think one of the things that we sometimes think about, if I can call it an extreme sport, I guess swimming at under five degrees might be considered yeah. By some people um the thing that i've always thought about extreme sports is that you have to attack them is it's about aggression and fighting it and you know you grit your teeth to get up that hill and you go and actually what i've learned is that it that's the last thing that it's about it's about accepting that it's cold it's about accepting that it's difficult but it's breathing through that and doing it anyway. And what I've found is, as I've exercised that muscle of getting in cold water, that panicky muscle, then when I can feel panic happening in other areas of my life, my body knows what to do. And it it, it, it just goes, you're just getting in cold water. You're just getting in cold water. So, you know, now when I've got a scary thing to do, like I've got a piece of, and I do still get nervous, you know, I'm doing a bit of radio, I'm doing a bit of telly, or I'm, you know, even more importantly, me doing a funeral for somebody and I can feel that nervousness rising in me. My body goes, slow your heart rate down, watch your breathing, feel the fear, and it's fine, you've got this, you don't need to attack it, you just need to accept it. One of the things that people often say as we're getting in cold water is, isn't it cold? And you go, yeah. <laughs> like saying to a marathon runner, isn't it a bit far? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of the point. That it's supposed to be cold. Yes, it is cold. And people go, oh, I can't do cold water swimming because I feel the cold. Well, yeah, you're supposed to feel it. That's what it's like. And and sort of physically, like I said, I always thought exercise was about feeling thin, but actually it's about feeling strong. And I really like that feeling of strength. There is no greater satisfaction. I'm going to lean in for this bit because it's a bit naughty. There's no greater satisfaction than overtaking a 22-year-old in a lake <laughs> who looks great in a wetsuit. <laughs> You're in skin, middle-aged woman. Poo- and you can see them sometimes as they're getting in, bless them. You know, some of the triathlons, triathletes who come out just in the summer, God love them. And they get all like, and they've got like 18 layers on. They've got gloves and socks and and a wetsuit and three neoprene hats and we're there in a little swimsuit there's flowery flowery old lady hats ready for a swim with jewelry still on and everything and you can see them sort of looking at us sort of like slightly disparaging and then you lap them on so it feels great (laughs) (laughs) you've uh, described me to a tea kate so the first time i went open water swimming i'm not even joking i took a hot water bottle with me in the car for afterwards (laughs) i No, I am that person who (laughs) really feels the cold. And um, yeah, I'm the person you described. And I've got that lovely layer of bioprene, you know, I'm I'm built for potato famines, I am. So, you know, I've got a lovely layer of bioprene. And that's the other thing that's wonderful about triathlon is everybody has got a strength somewhere in it. Whether your strength is mental, whether it's on the bike, whether it's a running, whether it's a sw- whatever it is, that there is something for everybody in that. So, yeah, I, w- I was the best swimmer in the water out of the three of us. And I supported the other people that weren't quite as strong. And then there were other people who were better at the running than I was you know so we and better at the cycling so we just kind of like covered each other and I really liked that I really liked that you know overall we all were about the same time because you know and my swimming 
club that I swim with is called Swim Your Swim. And my coach says that to me every time I get in the water. You're not doing anyone else's race. You're only doing your own. So swim your swim, run your run, cycle your cycle, live your life. You know, you can't do it for anybody else. You can only do it for yourself. Love that. And what about confidence in how, how is it, has it changed? You see, you're smiling already. (laughs) (laughs) Me more confident, dear Lord. We don't need me any more confident, really. (laughs) But has it changed your, has it given you more confidence and has it given you more confidence in your own body? Yeah, I, yeah, I can't, it can't fail to. Doing three triathlons back to back, you know, was an incredible life experience. And one of the things I was most proud of was that I, I managed to remain relatively cheerful. Because um, when I'm under pressure, I get a bit bitey because I'm scared. So I tend to take out my fear by biting people, by you know being a bit shouty and a bit grumpy. And I wanted to make a real effort to be cheerful and to be grateful. So I'm, I deliberately chose to try and be as positive as I possibly could be for the whole of the thing and to be and to thank people and to say please and remember my manners and do stuff because like, I don't know about but when you're scared right those are the kind of things that you forget you know you get a bit flary and shouty because you're just scared um so I was really pleased about that um and I felt really proud of myself when I ran into Salford on the last of the 10ks and yeah I you know, I, we had a whole gang of people running with us who are super fit athletes who looked amazing. But do you know what? I looked amazing too. I just looked amazing in a different way. That's all. Um, and we're our harsh, harshest critics, aren't we? You know, we, we look in the mirror and we, we only see the bits that we don't like of ourselves. Um, but we don't see, no one else has seen that. Those people that were sat in that car queue in Cardiff when I ran out into traffic, they didn't, they didn't go look at state of earth. They were just going, oh, look, there's a woman running. I'm on my way home. I wonder what's for me tea. That's all they were thinking, you know. <laughs> we just, you know, I'm, I think it's probably a bit of egotism that I think the whole world's looking at me and judging me. You know, it's, it, they're not. They're not. They're just, most people are just happy to let you get on with what you need to get on with. Um and 95% of any exercise we do, of any challenge we face, is mental. Um, because actually, you know, Eddie Izzard was saying this on one of his one of his uh, conversations recently about his marathons. You know, our bodies were meant to do this level of exercise. We were actually meant to, you know, run after things and climb trees and, you know, fight, hunt our supper and do all that. We were actually meant to do this level of exercise. So yeah, actually, your body can quite easily do it, really. Most bodies can quite easily do, you know, a certain amount of physical activity. But um, it's the mental stuff that's the challenge. What do you think you're... Have you heard from your PE teacher? <laughs> Miss Barrett? No, I haven't seen her for years. But Miss Barrett, Miss Lever, shout out to them. Um, they were always very proud of me. You know, I got my colours in everything. I got netball colours. I got my hockey colours. I was just hopeless. That was all. Um hopeless but enthusiastic you know I was got I was got an A for effort um no I've not I've not heard from them actually that'd be lovely to hear from them um but I just I just I really mean this whole thing about exercises for every body you know and I don't buy into this um I don't buy into this narrative that it's purely about weight loss it might be for some people, and if that's your thing, then that that is, you know, more power to you. But I, I I went into a gym for the first time while I did these triathlons. I've never been in a gym 
because they're two they're scary places right so you know i would never why would i go and why do they put the weights and the grunting oh, men by the door why do they do that <laughs> you know, these things are terrifying right completely <laughs> And I was in a couple. I went at I went at ten o'clock on a Sunday night because I thought there'd be nobody in. And I was in an entirely empty gym, running on a treadmill. And one bloke came in. And where did he run? Next on the one right next to me. Why did he do that? And he went hello. I was like, oh no, he wants to chat. I don't want to. Ch- don't chat to me. Why did they do that? <laughs> it's I've I've. I've had a, I've had the demon, the monkey, the dragon, whatever the monster, whatever you want to call it, of of fearing that fearing that sort of exercise for a long time and and bad body image for a long time. I cannot say I've killed that dragon, but I've put it on a lead and I'm walking it round. I've learned I've learned how to live with it really, and it will be a daily process of looking in the mirror and going, no no, no you're strong, no no you can do this, no no, it, oh, so what so what if your bum's a bit bigger than it. it, it it should be inverted commas you know um my dragon's on its lead at the moment it occasionally needs to be told to sit and to obey but um yeah it's sort of tamed that's amazing that's so good to hear that kate (laughs) so good (laughs) yeah oh that is that is brilliant and in in your role with what you do yeah um at the moment like you're a normal human being you have feelings too there is this whole idea of everything's positive or try and find the positives in everything and some days we just feel a bit down i i think one of the things that's really important at the moment under under this current weirdness we find ourselves we tried to stop saying that c word in our house we just got Things being as they are, or under current circumstances, um, rainbows and clapping and people in fancy dress and sing along for the nations are brilliant, brilliant things and absolutely right. But it's okay to feel a bit sad and miserable too. It's okay to be finding this hard. It's okay to say I'm not having a good day today. Um, You know, there is a place for lament and sorrow you don't have to put a brave face on this every single second of every single day. When you run in a race, some miles are harder than others. And it's okay to say that was a tough mile, that one. Um, you know, it's fine. And I think perpetu- I think there's, we have to be really careful about perpetual cheerfulness. I think that does as much ja- damage as perpetual misery. And I think as well, some people were saying, um, especially early on, on um, social media, you know, people would be saying, well, I've done this, 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 this and this. And there was almost like an expectation that you were going to learn an instrument, learn a language, home educate <laughs> your kids, do everything. Do you know what? If you, if you, if you manage to get, if you manage to get out of bed or not, I just, I kind of, we've taken, because we're, we've, we didn't do any of that from any, we haven't done any of that stuff. We've just gone just today just today whatever if you want to get up up from up out of bed at four o'clock in the afternoon more power to you if you want to be up at six and in the garden and do 10 hours weeding more whatever you need to get through this because this is a marathon it is not a sprint there was a wonderful moment i've got an 18 year old and a 16 year old my 18 year old daughter i came downstairs at four o'clock in the afternoon the other day i'd been upstairs doing a few bits and she'd been in bed she didn't get up till four so i came downstairs and she sat at the counter at four, at four o'clock in the afternoon there or thereabouts 
and she's eating spaghetti bolognese and drinking a glass of red wine in her pyjamas. And I said, what is this? And she went, breakfast. And I just went, that's fine. Whatever you need. Spaghetti bolognese and a glass of red wine in your pyjamas at four o'clock in the afternoon and you've just got out of bed. I'm I'm okay with that. If that's what you need to do today, more power to you. That's brilliant. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You don't, this doesn't need to be... Just getting through this is enough. It's enough, isn't it? I mean, but, you know, if that's your thing, I know other people who would not cope if they didn't have a colour-coded timetable on fridge for kids. That's their way of coping, right? If they weren't cleaning out cupboards and area, if that's your way of coping, you do it. I bake. That's my thing. I'm baking. There's cakes and bread and biscuits. The kids are looking at me going, oh, dear Lord, not another crumble. That's how it is in our house. That's what I do. Graham's in the garden. I haven't seen him for days. Um we're all coping in different ways but whatever it works for you works will you be doing another triathlon when all of this is over <laughs> why do people who do triathlons keep asking me that they keep going, yeah you'll do another one that you'll do- it's a bit like open water swimming <laughs> it's really it's like the triathletes are like you know we're like we're like sort of vegans we like we can't stop telling people about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you want to tell that you want to try this it's great um so um I would never say never, but I would have I would have to do my sort of triathlon. So the brilliant thing about the ones that I did was I knew there were no time limits on it. If it took me all day to do them, that was great. Um, I I knew there wasn't I wasn't going to be it wasn't like going to be like the human human soup that the swims are for some triathlons. You know, where there's hundreds of people in the water all thrashing about. I, I knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, so I would very happily do another triathlon. Um, if it was my sort of triathlon <laughs> does that make sense so it if it was, it was a nice sense. warm one where there was you know it wasn't particularly no it wasn't particularly pressured or anything like that it was just for fun um, and just for me to learn some stuff about me really and that was the other thing about those triathlons is it's wonderful that we raised just under a million pound for sport relief that is an amazing amazing thing we never dreamt that we would earn that much that we would raise that much money um, but the thing that can't be measured is how it felt as a person who was facing something down like that and did it. You know, I did that. I did it because I knew that it would unlock something in me that nothing else could unlock. Um, and it would take me to the next level of being Kate. And I'm really pleased about that. And I wonder what's next. I love this. <laughs> it might be another time. It might be something else that takes me to the next level. But I wouldn't... I, I, when I started the triathlons, I remember standing on the start line with Joe Wiley and Richie next to me, and I remember saying to them, "I wonder what will be after this is it. After this is done, I wonder what sort of human I'm going to be after this." Um, and it's great; it, it unlocks the next level for me, and I can't wait to find out what the next thing is that unlocks the next level. So exciting! And Kate, my final question: Do you still watch Gogglebox? <laughs> um. We dip in and out. We we dip in and out, but we know how it's made now, and we know all the secrets. So, and we know what's made there. We we go, oh, that one's made. Yeah, if we just said it, you know, that's a, that's a, a bit like you've seen. You know, you've seen. It's like you're like in the Wizard of Oz where she sees behind the curtain, and it's like ah. Oh. So, um, we dip in and out, but um, we loved being on that show. It was so much fun. We had such a good time. Um, 
but yeah it, it's lovely to see that it's been and they're doing so well under the current circumstances to carry on making the show and then another one of those things where you just go oh yeah everybody's the same aren't they we're all like each other we all think we're these amazing unique beings but actually everybody's shouting at the telly everybody's having arguments with us but everybody's dogs licking the you know nicking the tea and that sort of stuff that we're all the same really marvelous kate you've been a star thank you so much kisses see you in the water I won't lie. That was another interview that I got to the end of and I just felt a little bit more uplifted. There were lots of laughs, but so much honesty too. And I really hope that listening to that has given you maybe just a tiny bit of confidence to ignore those demons or or dragons in your head. Or maybe, as Kate said, just get them on a lead as well. Or maybe it's given you just it's reassured you perhaps that actually it's okay to feel a bit sad and a bit miserable at the moment. That was definitely how I felt this morning. Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Try Show. I always love hearing from you. And if you want to email me directly, you can just contact me via social media or via the contact form at helenmurray.net. So this week's show has been powered by 33 Fuel, natural and very yummy sports nutrition. They have a new ebook out at the moment. It is free and it shares everything you need to know about immunity and how it's affected by nutrition and training and sleep. So you can go and get yours. Check it out at 33fuel.com. And don't forget, they are shipping their products as usual. So grab some of their daily greens, fill your boots with delicious, natural, nutty, yummy, 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 I honestly, yummy, yummy, Italian style energy bars. Just use the code InsideTry33 for a discount at checkout. If you are after a bit of this and a little bit of that, then check out comfuel.co.uk. It's like a pick and mix of sports nutrition that comes through your letterbox. You can get 20% off all orders using the code InsideTry. Coming up, we've got something that's going to blow your mind. It's taken a lot of work and it didn't feel right to be putting it out a few months ago, but we are going to be putting this out very soon. It's a collaboration between Wits Up, so the Wits Up podcast and Steph Hansom and the Inside Try Show, all about eating disorders, disordered eating, body image. It's amazing. Have a listen. It was just never, ever spoken about. My poor mom was in tears every day trying to get me to eat. People would starve themselves on rides. I started to see this trend where I could get lighter and I'd start to perform better. Peculiar behavior happened in the dinner. The coach singled me out in front of the whole cross-country team to point out how lean I looked, and he meant it as praise. I was amenorrheic. Had next to no sex drive. 11 stress fractures. Developed chronic insomnia. I didn't have my period for 12 years. It's just bloody horrible, to be honest. It was just onerous, the amount of restrictions I applied. I very much separated food into what was good, healthy food and what was bad food that was off limits. It just took that little mindset to spiral with a driven person. There's been so much heartache with issues that I'll never forget them. So that will be coming your way over 
the next month. So you have been listening to the Inside Try Show with me, Helen Murray. The aim is very, very simple. I want to help keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. Sports Tools International and Orion Connect help to make that possible by sponsoring the show. So if you want to compete at Roth next year or you need a physio appointment but you're struggling to get one at the moment, go and check out the show notes at helenmurray.net forward slash inside try show forward slash Kate Botley for further details. Thank you so much as ever to my patrons for supporting the show. You can join them at patreon.com forward slash inside try show. But most of all, thank you for listening. So stay safe, look after yourself, look after those around you and we'll speak again next week. Podcast Network.